mom. Sorry, mom. Greetings, everybody. Did you do your homework? Probably not. That's okay. What? That was oh, just the speaker going God. off. I'm saving, I'm saving your batteries. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have problem solved that before we turned off the speaker. Anyway, I have a check-in today. So I have some things that happened in my apartment. <laughs> I found a random bowl. In my vent. Not and smoking bowl. No, and that's what everyone asked. Was it a bowl you smoke out? <laughs> no, it was a kitchen bowl. It was an ice cream bowl. It was bowl. an ice cream bowl in my vent. Um, in your vent. In my vent. <laughs> it was but green screwed and in and painted over, so it's been there a while. So it's been there a while, which is disgusting. So what's in there? Is there heroin? Is there crack? Is there cockroaches? I don't know. And then I woke up to a random smell of burning. Like, randomly. And my friend, who, bless her heart, I, she knows me very well. I was she just goes, saying, who apparently didn't know you. <laughs> but she was like, I do know you. So she, so she knew I was freaking out. She's like, that's a sign of demons. I'm like, oh, sweet Mother Mary. <laughs> Don't do it, Chad! That, that brings me to my next one. You ready? Yes, ready. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put your service through the test. What are you saying? <laughs> parenting children who have histories of trauma. Mm, and that's why she's here today, because our topic is... Trauma and parenting. <laughs> she she love you mom too. had to put on the mom readers. I did. I couldn't, get, I couldn't read. I was like, hold up. But guess what I have? An agenda. And guess what's on the agenda multiple times in big bright gold red letters? Mess with Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> get her off agenda. <laughs> and she, they're all looking on their agendas. I got your back. It's, this causes anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you're on a therapy talk show. <laughs> we can help you with that. We can help you with that. <laughs> All right. All right. So, number one. Oh, God. We're going to move to the agenda. I say sure. we do. Yes. How to recognize trauma in children and others. Oh, goodness. That's a lot of stuff. So, like That's a parent, a how would they, what if they didn't know their child had been traumatized in any way? Or should we talk first about, like, uh, what let's, is considered let's trauma? Yes, let's flip it first. So, talk about CPTSD, which is, like, a new terminology that's not yet diagnosable, but it's something that the clinicians and even clients are recognizing in themselves. Mm -hmm. CPTSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And complex post-traumatic stress disorder is when you've been through just multiple traumas, either all at once or spread out, um... So there's that. Yes. <laughs> I have CPS, CPTSD. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, um, And so trauma. Go ahead and describe for us what that trauma looks like. Like my story? Or no. just like what? <laughs> I'm so confused. Like what? How do you describe trauma? Like what, what do you think oh, of trauma? Oh, what we talked about the other night. Yeah. So trauma <laughs> doesn't always have to be war or bank robbery or being molested. It can be... Um, one of the things that I was very enlightening for me was it can be 
something that a parent may think is benign, mm -hmm. like watching a scary movie, mm -hmm. or even Jaws, let's mm -hmm. say, like watching a movie that you don't think is that mm -hmm. scary, but from a child's point of view, you know, a five-year-old seeing something, even on the news, can be extremely mm -hmm. traumatic. Um, I think one of the things they discovered after the planes hit the towers, <laughs> how many I'm kids were watching. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. She's green. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. she gets it. Uh -huh. So what do you have to add to that? Um, to, to me, a great way to describe to parents, Lauren, I think Lauren called him, um, is reminding parents that it's the perception of the child and the amount of stress they experience through that. So, for instance, um, as a small child, I was taken to my grandmother's funeral, and I was told she was sleeping, and I jumped into the casket to touch her. So, again, not something anyone would classify as traumatizing, but I did not want to go to sleep after that for several months, because in my child mind, the level of stress that endured during that is what turned it into a trauma. So, it could be crossing the street for a child. And I think as mental health professionals, we're getting better about accepting your version of trauma versus what some textbook yes. says should be trauma. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that is starting to come about is that more people are starting to be aware is either clinicians or mm -hmm. parents or just society at large that what is traumatic to one person may not be traumatic exactly. to another and vice versa. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. So back to the first question, which was? Recognizing trauma in children and others. So what are some of the symptoms that may present themselves? God, there's so many. It can be on one side of the spectrum or it could be on the whole other side of the spectrum. So I withdrawing mean, and shutting down. Or um, I, have a, I have some experiences with other kids who talk too much, who have no boundaries, who throw themselves into things. So it could be one end, you're overly rambunctious with others. Acting other out. end, acting out. Other end, or not even just acting out, just giving too much of yourself verbally, emotionally, and just like throwing yourself into things or the other one would be just hiding completely or not really integrating at all. So any sort of change in behavior. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Regression. One, of the, one of the big Regression key signs. is huge. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You got a 10-year-old that 5 years ago stopped sucking their thumb and all of a sudden at night we notice they're sucking their thumb mm -hmm. again. Um, any change in behavior because again if you're just looking for these huge red flags like are they wetting the bed? Yes. That may not happen because it may not be the trauma that we want to define it as. It may be that they watched a scary movie and so I'm not, now I need my thumb. Mm -hmm. I'm not wetting the bed, but now I need my okay. thumb. So right. we need to process with them, why do you need your thumb, buddy? Yeah. You know, so it can be anything, a change in behavior that I think mother's intuition, father's yes. gut. Like something's, that, something's off with my kid. Yes, anything. Yes. Pay attention so, to. And, the, and that's critical mm -hmm. to say something's just not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Now what? What's on the agenda? <laughs> Mess with Jen. <laughs> I want to say the F word so badly, but I have, no, to, say, I have to say right now. Oh, did you hear Jen? No. My mom wants All right. So I'm... Oh, this sucks. Just um, <laughs> say fudge crackers. Heck mom you, would like Heck you darn. Gosh darn it. You can do it. I threw up a little bit. <laughs> um... I love my swearing. It's my freak flag. But I will not, I will try my hardest not to swear asked. tonight because Jennifer <laughs> wants her mother to listen to her debut. No, my mother <laughs> wanted to listen and I like to respect her. <laughs> so, Mom, just be prepared. I'm so proud of you. I love you. <laughs> I'm trying my hardest, Miss Miss <laughs> 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 <Ms>. Jennifer. <laughs> mother. There you go, mother. Oh my gosh. I, love you. I caught that, I think. I think I caught it in time. Miss Brutal. I think I did. 
So our next one is talking, speaking into trauma, Terry is a great speaker of trauma and trauma resilience, and she has something that I kind of wanted her to plug into the podcast, because um, I think it's phenomenal. So Terry, I'm take so it over. Excited. I'm so excited for you. I know. So um, I have been invited by a friend of mine who is amazing at her job um, and runs, should I say the name of the agency? That's your call. I don't, I'm fine with it, but I mean, I'm, I wouldn't mind promoting it. I'm sure she wouldn't mind promoting it either. So, uh, Tri-State Trauma Network. Mm. There you go. Yes. Um, Great place. Yes. Yeah. And doing amazing, amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, and the subject of this upcoming event, <clears throat> it's their fall conference, is um, trauma-informed care, mm -hmm. um, hope for healing. Mm -hmm. I love that theme. And so I've been invited to speak and tell my story and stand up there for 45 minutes and, and share my story of hope. And it's super, super cool. Um, mm -hmm. I'm working on a PowerPoint presentation right now and um, gonna talk for about the trauma part of it just for about you know nine or 10 minutes. And then the remaining time will be about the hope and the You're positivity and um, faith and mm -hmm. um, yeah, the happy part of the story. Awesome. So yeah, yes. super exciting. Thanks, awesome. thanks for letting me share that. All right. I am trying to find. Um, you get quiet. It's, it throws me off. I told you this is yours today. Like I did so much talking I don't even last know what to time do with that myself. like I'm done. Throw it on in there. I have. You go ahead. I'm looking How to create for a safe environment for yourself you and go. children. So. Oh goodness. I guess my disclaimer would be every household is different and I never give suggestions without knowing the backstory Good. as well as the cultural components and oh, the values yeah. of each family because each family is different. But with that being said, I think the greatest thing that families miss is quality time. And to me, the definition I give parents of quality time is face-to-face, non-electronic talking and playing, typically what your child asks you to do because it's on their level. And that's the greatest way you're going to create a safe space because during that time we can ask questions. How was school? Did anybody pick on you? How are your teachers treating you? I noticed that you were hanging out with a neighbor the other day. What did he get? You know, and when we create that quiet time and that calm time for a child to get our one-on-one -on -one attention, they're more likely to talk more often. And then because of that, they open the door for us to mm -hmm. teach them how to be safe. And it's not just about the environment here. It's about body. It's about mind. It's about I'm walking down the street. Who's behind me? Who's in front of me? And I know kids don't think that way, but we can teach them. Yes. Um, and so I guess the greatest advice is spend time with your kids. Love them on their level. Um, take the phones that. away. Can, I was going to say, can you kind of describe on their level for people who might not understand that? Um, so if you've got a five-year-old, you're probably looking at Legos and you're probably looking at like saying things like, has anybody scared you today? Has anybody upset you today? If you've got a 13-year-old, you're probably looking at driving around, maybe going and getting Starbucks and in the car catching them and their attention. If you've got a 17-year-old, then you might have to be more active. You might have to hike. Um, so it's on their level. What they enjoy doing in a safe space to them where they're going to feel more comfortable to just kind of blab. Just kind of talk and so it just depends on your child their development what you as a family enjoy doing i had a really cool experience the other night with that where um my daughter who's 11 had um four friends over for a sleepover and so we had made a fire and sitting outside and there was some you know s'mores stuff going on and one of the little girls said to me she sat down next to me and she said you know what i really liked the last time we were all over and we made a fire and we had that that really cool talk 
and we just sat yeah. around the fire and made s'mores and we talked about stuff and I said yeah we talked about and, you know and, and these girls I, I thanked them first for trusting me enough to mm -hmm. talk in front of me uh, but they talked about you know who what boys they liked and what boys mm -hmm. were cute and what and so it was just I thought it was cool that they allowed themselves to talk openly in front of me but it was just kind of letting them be on their level mm -hmm. and just quietly kind of sitting mm -hmm. and listening and I put my two cents in but it was it was a neat moment and the fact that in, it had an impact on this kiddo um, and so that cool. she yeah. thanked me for doing it and Definitely. wanted to do it again. Well so. to me the biggest resilience we can give kids is listening to them, is making them important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because if I'm important then I can come to you and I can tell you that the next door neighbor kind of weirds me out. I don't have a reason right. but I can tell mom or I can tell dad or I can right. tell you know aunt. And so when we don't listen to kids, they're not in, they don't feel important enough. And right. so I think it speaks greatly to the fact that you're the house, that the kids come and talk. Yeah. Because that was my mom. My mom had all yeah. these kids. And I can remember I could say anything I wanted to, and it was important. Yes. Um, now. And then that's what's going to say, honoring, yes. their, honoring their words, their feelings. But what you just said a second ago, I loved, in that honoring their their gut intuitions so if the, the neighbor does make them feel weird to honor that and not blow it off like oh yes. it's fine you yes. know yes. to say oh and take heed of that yeah for yes. instance um go hug aunt you know kathy right i don't want to okay right uh -huh. right when we force kids their body yes. becomes unimportant yes. and so that was another thing is i can remember my mom if i was like uh, my mom would be like, I don't blame you. <laughs> there was never that moment of, you will do it. Right. You know? so, my mom would be like, and you will sing this Barbara Streisand song in front of all of the, so we have to put on our show. That explains so much. It does it not. I just start singing, I'd rather be blue. I can do the whole thing. I can get up and do the dance. That's too. amazing. But thanks. I'm do, not right now. do not encourage us. You're going off topic. Look at you. This Progress noted, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> Some nervous things are going to start happening. Excuse yourself. <laughs> I was trying not to give everything away. Some mystery to the show, Terry. <laughs> that's just darn funny. That's all. I'm going to start snorting. <laughs> You're going to start on the air. Snorting. Oh, I think you said farting. I was like, wow. I tried to do that on the air last time. It didn't go so well. I'm apparently not friends enough with Terry for me to fart in front of her. So I'm we've offended. Short, we, Although she farted in Look, my apartment the other day. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it happens so smoothly, doesn't it? Oh, my Lord. So, but I, I have to vent about this. Terry was laughing so hard in my apartment <laughs> the other day. I'm going to tell the story. Oh, laughing so hard in my apartment the other day that she poofed. <laughs> and I said, you got fecal matter all over my sofa. And That's she so was like, disgusting. She was like, there's no fecal matter. I was like... Every time something leaves that exit, <laughs> there's fecal attached. And she's like, well, that must be a powerful blow. Because it's really... Crickets. Do you hear the crickets? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear how mean she was? This is not a safe place. <laughs> Your face was so cute. This is not a safe place. I was just kidding with you. <laughs> I'm going to stay quiet for the rest of the show. Now. All right, what are we doing? What's next on it? How, how to parent children with trauma. trauma. All right. Um, again. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, you can't give that. There's no box for that. Because every child is different. Every situation is different. But I think the first thing that I would say is 
if you've got behaviors that scare you, worry you, or you don't have an immediate tool for, seek help. So the first thing as parents that should be done is if you don't know how to handle it or what you're trying is not working, seek help. Okay. Um, but typically, uh, making it normal, whatever happened. So if you watched a scary movie and now you wet the bed and cry every night, other people do it too. Let's make it normal. Um, I go into a lot of homes where we don't talk about it. We shut it down. It becomes shameful. And what I've noticed is once it becomes shameful, A, the child becomes less resilient because chances are they're going to go back out into the world and find someone else or enter into a relationship that is seeking a need that they didn't get from parents and then get traumatized again. Um, or we just never deal until a point of blowing. And they might be 19, 20, 25, but at some point that comes out. Yes, right. Um, and so the biggest thing that I talk about is just normalizing and however that looks for the family. Um, if that means that, um, you know, you're faith-based, and maybe at night we pray over protection and we pray for things like that to not happen. If you're not faith-based, then maybe we look up facts about other kids. You know, it, it looks like this many kids have had this happen. And I wonder how those kids feel. How do you feel? It's just talking about it, making it safe. Um, you don't push because pushing doesn't help either. And so that's another thing I tell parents is to be really careful to let it just happen naturally. Um, and so, and here's a perfect example. I had a client that just refused, 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 pretend it didn't happen at all. We're sitting on the floor, we're playing a game, and she says, why do I have to come to counseling? And I said, why do you think? And she looked me straight in the face and she said, because of what my brother did to me. Hmm. And so that's all it took. Whereas right. every week, I think the parents were, are you going to talk about it? Or are you going to tell her? And when they finally laid off, she was like, yeah, now I feel safe to talk about it. So we want to normalize. We want to talk about it. Um, and then you want to understand that from that point forward, most of the negative behavior is an outpouring of what they can't understand and deal with. So a tantrum in the store is no longer just I'm tired. It's I'm tired and I need something to make me feel better because this bad thing happened. So I'm melting down in the store. So yelling, screaming, disciplining doesn't really undo that. Right. If anything, Isn't it just... is there a great quote out about that? That when we respond negatively to their um, emotions, that we're just adding to mm -hmm. their... We're adding to it. We're not teaching them how to cope. Nothing with, new is going to happen in that right. moment. Right. And so there, there's a great meme that I circulate every time I see it on Facebook that says, your child is not giving you a hard time, your child is having yes. a hard time. Yes. And so it's learning to look at that little person, that little human, and say, something terrible happened, and you're trying your hardest to find a way to cope, and right now it's screaming. Right. And I need to teach you that screaming's not okay. That right. doesn't make it go away, it doesn't make right. it better. Right. Um, and so for traumatized children, a lot of times it's giving them that need first, so you might have to sit on the floor of the grocery store and look them eye to eye and say, well, here I am with you, buddy. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and then you got the kid calming down. Yes. And then later we say, by the way, if we're going to continue to scream in the store, then I don't know how often we can go, buddy. Like, that just can't happen. Right. Um, and so parenting through that takes a lot of education and a lot of hard work and a lot of patience, patience. on the part yes. of the parent that just can't see what's going on inside. And so I have ultimate respect for parents that that have a child now that we're trying to parent that has probably it's 180 from what they were doing before because now the child's different right and so i don't want parents to think that you know oh she just says it like it's it's not it's not easy it's the hardest thing you'll ever do but but so worth it but so worth it mm -hmm. especially yeah. for, for your future family yes. and for the child for your own sanity 
Oh, yes, definitely. as a parent, correct. Definitely. Yeah, very much so. What did you say the other day that was so cool about that? Instead of saying, what, what happened? What, what's wrong, wrong with, with you? you? It's what, what happened, happened to you. What happened you. to you. Yeah. Yes. That's right. towards mm -hmm. the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled it up. I'm messing with you. <laughs> I'm still angry at you. I haven't reached the forgiveness part of our lesson. I love yet. you. No. I'm just going to keep telling you that. Mm -hmm. Give me my little I love you sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything you want to add to that, Laura? I kind of spaced out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got an email from my, my apartment and they have yet to remove the bowl. So I'm still really angry. I just need the bowl. Are you checking your email? I was. Sorry. It was a board email. They rescheduled it till Thursday. Or I was saying, I was saying on your reward, truly. I'm saying because I think it's fascinating. I did hear most of it, but I'm right. Humorous stories. Oh. <laughs> You don't have We're to be there. like point number sixteen point five. <laughs> like just segue naturally into it. Oh my god, segue naturally. So. Uh, we tried to turn that over to you for you to segue, <laughs> but you were on email. You're our segueer. You're you're on like strike two. I will walk out on strike three. <laughs> okay. Humor stories. Uh, I've had a rough day, Lauren. <laughs> oh man, that's gracious. You have. I love you. Um, <laughs> Well, I think we, we decided that it, it's probably, first, what you need to understand about a lot of people in the mental health field is we develop a great sense of humor to yes. cope. Yes. Um, we don't ever mean to make light of situations, no. but we, we take a lot home at night, and if yes. we don't laugh at something, then we'll cry. Yes. And crying yes. is not always the best option. And so yes. I decided the stories I'll share tonight will be stories of me doing dumb things when I was supposed to be therapeutic. Um, so I used to work at a crisis unit. It was a step below a hospitalization. We kept kids from anywhere from seven to like 20 days. And we had this boy and he just really struggled with following directions. And this is how the day would go. Um, we'll call him Bob. Bob, I need you to put your socks on. Bob would stand up, take two, three steps and get lost in space. <laughs> then he'd go back to the couch and sit down. <laughs> Bob, I need you to put some socks on. Bob would get up, stare at the TV, sit back down. About 30 minutes into this, I have now lost my mental health professionalism, <laughs> and I'm frustrated, as I should not be as a professional, and I say to Bob, who is probably eight, Bob, I am sure you have some sex in your room. <laughs> so go put socks on. <laughs> so luckily, Bob, who was always spacing out, just heard the tone of my voice and finally did what I said. He didn't hear, but the four 15-year-old boys we had heard me, and I ended up having to go to my supervisor, and it was just, yeah, so I pretty much screamed, I'm sure you have some sex in, in the room here at the hospital where we're trying to keep you safe, um, so why don't you go in there for me? Um, so that's pretty terrible. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. So I, I do things like that all the time, so even though we're professional, we're not always professional. <laughs> I also told a kid who had a jacket on, understand in the residential world, they can't have belongings in the room. Poses right. risk yes. harm. Yes. Jacket you can hang yourself with. Uh, right. Shoestrings, all of that. So they're not supposed to have any of that. So I walk into this kid who's probably 11 or 12. He's got his jacket on in bed. And instead of saying a full, complete sentence, proper English, please take your jacket off, I just loudly say, jacket off. <laughs> To a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Pre-pubescent 12-year-old boy. So needless to say, everyone in the entire house in unison went, 
humorous. I I can't believe oh, I did that. Freudian slips, whatever you want to call them. They were Freudian slips. They were do terrible. Do you need to process them? I don't think so. Are Not you on sure? air. Are you sure? Okay. I'm positive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do you have any? Um, I mean, I'm sure I do. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I have one, but it's less. It's less funny and more like, what the what the f was I doing? I'm so proud of you. Whatever. Same <laughs> oh, Whatever. I think that's why I'm so out of it because I can't swear and I'm like. I know you do seem very like. <laughs> not here. I can't swear, so I'm gonna check my email. <laughs> that's what I did. I like, well. <laughs> um, when I was you in. You can say like, damn it. Yes, you can handle that. Did you just say damn it? I did. You didn't see. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, no, I have one where I was in practicum. This was, like, forever ago. And it was my first um, experience with, like, a borderline client. And would you know, I now work with all borderline clients. It's my specialty. <laughs> um, I love it. But this was my first experience. And she was being a terror and sucked me in. What do you see behind me? <laughs> There's just car parked, and I'm just looking at who it is. Are you not here right now? I'm, well, I'm, I'm focused on you. Uh, um, and I got really angry, and when she said something, and I, roll, I rolled my eyes. I didn't realize I rolled my eyes. Oh, it's like the worst thing you can do. Like <laughs> It was just a coping skill, because at that point she was going off on me, and I was like, oh, whatever. And I just kind of like rolled my eyes very briefly, but she caught it. She caught it, and so she started yelling at me. And instead of just being like, I'm sorry, you're right, I screwed up. And Mind you, I'm a student at this point. I, re I really wasn't, whatever. I gave her consequences that weren't even consequences. <laughs> I was like, you have negative 15 points. You're going you're gonna to stay here overnight. You're not going home. <laughs> and my supervisor over there like, oh. No. <laughs> no, no. I did apologize to her, and I'm very good at working with them now. It was a learning lesson I had to learn. Yes. But she, she she was great. I told this in one of my trainings today, and, I, and she said, you know, it happened to me, too. Yes. <laughs> you have to go through it to learn how to not do it again. And I've learned. But So, yes, I gave her consequences that weren't even right. consequences. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, watch me. <laughs> As you rolled your eyes. <laughs> like, you just watch me. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's my story. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. We're human. It happens. True story. <laughs> Um, we did that one already. <laughs> now we're on. So, so tell us about responses to trauma. Where do you see that? Oh, okay. He moved it. Because I did not okay. know. I the, always the knew. The I mean, is a new one. The, the, a new fight or flight. Yes. And then I learned during my therapy, fight, flight, or freeze, yes. which is what I did. Yes. Now they and added a new one, which was appease. Which I love. I love that they added this because um, so many people do this in trauma. Um, we're, at 28, we're at 28 minutes. <laughs> what, is, what is the piece? Am I so boring? No. Check the time. As soon as I start talking, this is why I have a complex. She's still cranky from yesterday. I, what happened yesterday? I don't know. You said you were cranky. I was cranky. God, you were annoying yesterday. Both of you were annoying yesterday. <laughs> You're being cranky. I am cranky. I, know, I, am cranky. <laughs> I don't know. Don't anyway, fight, flight, freeze, appease. Flight is when you run away from it. Um, freeze is when you just stand still and are like frozen in fear. Um, fight, flight. Fight is when you fight. <laughs> right. And then it <laughs> She's like, no shit. Oh, <laughs> sorry, mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then a piece is 
like, I will do whatever you need me to do to get this to stop. I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will, I will, you know, be the hero. I will ignore it. I won't say anything. I'll come to you every night. You know, I'll give you presents. I will do whatever you need me to do to make this pain go away and to make it go and to survive. So it's giving into the moment of that terror to get the terror over with in the long run. So it's, it might be like trying to act nice to your kidnapper. You know, right. oh, so, you know, like normalizing them, humanizing them, giving them details, trying to connect with them, trying to um, sympathize with them to get them to see that you understand them in hopes that they might return you. Right. Um, or, you know, you apologizing see, to a, your apologizing abuser. to your, yes, abuser. abuser um, or, you know, not even acknowledging the abuser and just continuing to have a relationship with them, continuing to treat them as if nothing happened, continuing to celebrate all gifts or gifts, all presents, giving them gifts, acting like the relationship is, has never been a problem. Wouldn't it be another example of appeasing? So that's fascinating. There's that. That's cool. Did I ever tell you the story about the, um, I think it was like antelope or something that they were studying. <laughs> this was, this was amazing to me when I was in the middle of one of my EMDR sessions when we talked about it. So they were studying these antelope in Africa and a leopard or something had caught this one and drug it off, hmm. didn't kill it, thought it, it had died, and it, it wandered off to go do whatever it was going to do. And so the antelope was faking the leopard out. Hmm. And um, it got up and took off back to its... Um, herd right yeah so it gets back to the herd and one of the things they noticed now they weren't looking for this but this was a something that they noticed when they were doing this study and then it led to new studies that it was frozen and but it started twitching and its ears were twitching and its bodies was twitching and they're saying that what happened was it was releasing the trauma it was oh. letting all that energy well what happens with like me and panic mm -hmm. attacks all of that trauma, that energy got trapped inside of me, mm -hmm. and I never processed it. I never yeah. processed it properly, and so, hence, my panic attacks started to so arise. Cool. And that yes. is so learning to allow that trauma to release has been huge, huge, huge because it built up and it piled up. And even though I had things in the little compartments, like we talked about, mm -hmm. it was still building and sure. building and building. And so I had to find a way to, and so my body. It was like a pressure valve and like yeah. attacks were and, a way to release it. And that is such, I'm glad you said that because so many of our clients or even human beings stuff their emotions. And when you mm -hmm. stuff your emotions, it comes out eventually. Think of like a teapot. Eventually it's going to start hissing and whistling and blowing over. And at that point it's too late because it's too loud. It's, you can't ignore it. It's, it's causing distress. So finding ways to release it in any way that you can, as long as it's healthy and safe and legal, <laughs> right. um, will help you kind of alleviate that pressure and alleviate, and reduce those maladaptive cognitive symptoms that you might get. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So my favorite quote that kind of ties into this is a, um, a broken home doesn't necessarily mean a broken future or a broken person. And that is something I think a lot of people struggle with because if you come from somewhere that's broken, that's damaged, that's not like everyone else's, then you are that home. And that's not something that I like to preach to people. I like to say home is where you place it. Home can be a picture. Home can be a friend. Home doesn't have to be where your bed is. And so that kind of learns to separate the two with them. Can you do that with, with safe space as well to yeah. tie that in that, you know, mm -hmm. creating a safe space can be yeah. your home? Yeah. 
Um, absolutely a separation or that what you what you make it to be Mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm not just talking like a physical safe space i'm talking mental safe safe, space that you go to and you yes i mean i do a lot with my clients i do saying models and one of them was home is where you you drop the anchor and inside of it we put like pretty mementos or we put uh, orbies or we put glitter and it's something that they can look at and just kind of remind themselves that where they are doesn't necessarily have to be their home and that they can drop their anchor anywhere else that they want to and they can be safe and happy. Yeah. Um, so kind of segueing from that into what I thought was really cool was you were going to kind of talk about how you wished your childhood trauma would have been handled and how you might have came from that metaphorical broken home to some degree and how you wish it would have taken place oh, retroactively. Yeah, and well, one of the things that we talked about was... Respectively, um, actively, retroactively, retrospectively, is that a word? Retrospectively, I think yeah. that is. Is that a word? I think so. She's trying to say. Is that what I'm trying I mean, to say? Yeah, okay. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Well, <laughs> when, when, I was, um, when, I, when I eventually told my parents and I was 32... Everything that had happened to me, um, you know, being molested as a child and the date rape. Um, my mom, I told my parents separately. and I, So I'm some 32-year-old adult with kids, telling my mom, sitting on the back patio, and she says, um, you know, why didn't you tell us? And instantly she said, your dad would have killed them. Yeah. And so I remember being told all the time, if anybody ever hurts, you know, our girls, your, your dad will kill them. And so my five-year-old little brain, the first time I was molested, mm-hmm. said, I don't want my daddy to go to prison. Yeah. And so that that's world. how I processed yeah. it because I didn't understand the judicial system. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand justified <laughs> homicide. You know what I mean? So I, my head said, I, I can't tell anybody. But then there's that other part that when, when we had gone through therapy, I don't remember this happening. And again, as we went through EMDR, one of the memories that came up was that I had said something to my dad and that he had said, we don't talk about that. Mm, and so yes. whether that was just, uh, you know, me trying to justify, you know, again, some of the things that I think that comes up in EMDR, you know, I think, is that me just trying to, did that really happen? You know, yeah. am I just trying to process something? Um but it certainly meant something, and it oh, helped yeah. me process it. But still, the same sort of thing of we don't talk about that. And you had mentioned that earlier, that you need to be open to those conversations. Because, as scary as they can be, you've got to allow Well, because kid. that then breeds shame and blame and guilt. And for those of you who don't know the difference, shame is you turn inward. It's I am the wrong thing. I'm the bad person. I'm unlovable. I'm not worthy. And guilt is external. Guilt is, you know, something bad happened to me, but it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. When you go from guilt to shame, that resilience becomes much stronger and much harder to overcome. So when you say things like, oh, we don't talk about that, you're planting that seed of, well, then something really bad must have just happened. And if something really bad just happened that I can't talk about, am I bad too? And then you internalize. So. Well, and can you imagine your, your parents are your rock? They are mm-hmm. your foundation. They're your compass. And can you imagine as a five, six, seven, eight-year-old going to your compass, going to your rock? And them admitting out loud, basically, we can't handle this. Yeah. Right. So then what children say to themselves is, if my mom and dad can't handle this, I can't handle this. And right. this is not yes. safe. So I don't want to make mom and dad, who are, you know. And kids will very much. That's the bouncy ball. <laughs> I did not fart. <laughs> I'm sitting on an exercise ball. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. Um, but, I mean, that's another message we forget is when, and also overly emotional reactions. 
Yes. Oh, right. So, yes. you know, the sobbing every night, which I'm not saying is wrong. I would do the same thing. Right. But go somewhere where you as an adult can sob. And in front mm-hmm. of your child, I think you need to be real. But if you're overly emotional, they'll yes. get to the point where they're like, no, I don't, don't want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, because mom yes. will just cry and cry right. and cry and go to bed and knock it up. And I cause that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. And so, you know, it's that yes. level headed. And that's why a lot of times I just say, go find someone professional. Yes. yes. Right. That can process through. Not right. To interrupt. Sorry. Well, no, that's all right. We no. all the time. Well, on one of the things, I mean, <laughs> that you had asked about talking about that you thought how I wish things would have been different, and this is really key, and I think you'll you'll have something to say about this. Is that <laughs> only her? Jen's our guest. Goodness sakes! So <laughs> I'm here to stay. You better you, you better acknowledge. <laughs> or I'm sure you'll have wonderful input. I better. I'm gonna check my email. <laughs> <laughs> Put on Facebook. Page. All right, so when I was about um, nine or ten, maybe even a little bit sooner, I started developing tics. And so mm. I would sit in front of the black and white television that we had watching Gilligan's Island after school, mm. and I started, I would rock, mm-hmm. and I would oh. mouth stretch. Yeah. And I, I would want to feel the corners of my mouth stretching as far as I could, and I would yeah. make little sounds in the back of my throat, like little <clears throat> or mm's, or I'd want to feel it, hear it, and I can't quite define what it is, but I would do it repeatedly, and it was it was tics, okay. and it was self, self-soothing, self and yes. it was comforting, yes. and what did my parents do? Okay. They made fun of me. Oh. They laughed at me oh. and told me, that's embarrassing, stop doing that, um, you know, you look ridiculous, um, may, may have called me some they names that were, shamed yes, me very, shamed very you. much so, and so, you know what that did? Made it worse. Oh, oh yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. then now, you're stressed my... and you're trying to think about stopping it, and when you try to stop it, yes. then it gets worse, Maybe and your worse. awareness is more. So yes. we have to calm yes. down. So, so yeah. then you take away a skill without giving something new, which is right. something we advise completely. Well, against. and just completely instead of saying, yes. "What? Why is my kid doing this?" Which is what you're yes. saying, and recognizing that gut intuition of. Something's Something different. is off <laughs> here. Different. Right. What is going on? One of these on? things just doesn't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and I, I try to help parents understand that there's a fine line. My, my mother's going to love this because I was probably, I'll say, 18, and my brother looked at me and he said, I'm really glad you developed a self, like, an ability to laugh at self and a really good mm-hmm. sense of humor because I didn't like you before now. <laughs> and so <laughs> the joke was I was the serious emotional kid. And I don't know how my mother survived. I really don't because I can remember stopping and crying and slamming she doors. She still does Oh, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> See, and if I didn't have a good sense of humor, I wouldn't have laughed. Bless I would have heart. Heart. Oh, Bless I have to talk heart. about that. Um, yeah. get to forget but this. again... <laughs> Learning to look at your kid and say, what do they need to develop some way to cope? Mm-hmm. And my parents understood life is hard, and we really need to help her learn to laugh a little more. Otherwise, this little girl's going to go right. into the world and be Stop miserable. and exactly. doors. Exactly. And so instead of looking at your child and saying, I want them to be normal, which is what a lot of parents do, which is where that came from. Yes. They were probably trying in a roundabout way way to create a way for you to learn outside this home that's not safe, you're going to get made fun of, we need you safe, we need you normal. Right. But instead of saying it in a way that was loving, 
they did it in a way that the outside world would do it. And so for parents, when you see those things, responding to them in what does that do for you? What, what a difference it would have made if your mom had gotten oh, on the floor gosh. and said, you're rocking. What does that do for you? Right. And that for makes you me be, tear up because I'm know, like, I can't even imagine my mom yes, doing that. You are tearing <laughs> up. Oh, my God. You know, but in that little it's world. It's the wording. It's yes, the, it's it like, is. It's like instead of saying I mean, normal. How compassionate it's, is that? And nurturing. It's, it's the and wording. Nurturing. So instead of saying normal, because I even hate that word because it implies there's something that's less than normal, I right. would say like expected or unexpected or helpful or unhelpful instead of bad or good. You don't want to label something as, as bad or good. You don't want to call a kid a bad kid. Never. There's no such thing as a bad right. kid. And if you put that belief in a kid right from the get-go, they're going to live up to that expectation. You better prepare yourself for adolescence because they're going to hit it. Mm -hmm. um, unhelpful, helpful, you know, all those words are so key and so important. Mm -hmm. so. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> See? And I listened to your input. She did. That was very valuable. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to punch um, me at the end of this. I have some angry farts a-brewing. Good. Good, girl. I'm, I'm stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we on to forgiveness yet? Or are we still in? Did we, do, we did victim shaming and blaming. Yes, we did. Okay. We're going um, through the freaking agenda right now. I know. <laughs> I'm going to jump into forgiveness. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Forgiveness is an act of self-love, and it's really important to forgive. And I'm not saying to forgive your perpetrator. I'm not saying to forget what they did to you, to invalidate your experiences. That's completely separate from forgiveness. And if you're doing that, you really should speak to someone because it's going to create more harm for you. But forgiveness is more so of letting go of that grudge, letting go of the hatred inside of you. And kind of coming to a sense of peace. Because yes. that hatred will bring you down. Um, yes, it will. Um, and so there's, you know, so many books, including Brene Brown and Dr. Wayne Dwyer, who have these books out that topic up, top up, talk about summer <laughs> resilience. Um, and I think it's super, super important to kind of get to a point where you can radically accept and do these loving kindness acts towards yourself and others. Yes. Which is a huge part of recovery. Well, I think with me, when I finally set myself free as I like mm -hmm. to think about it and I talk about this in, in, in my speeches when I took a step back from James Mills mm -hmm. the bank robber yes. slash murderer yes. and I said what happened to him as a kid yes. what was he traumatized was he hurt in some way did something happen to him mm -hmm. not that I'm excusing his behavior not that I'm justifying it in any way because he made the choice to go down this dark path and pull that trigger but I had to take a step back to say some something went wrong somewhere definitely um, and so I then was able to forgive him I, and I looked at it as forgiving that that broken little boy um, and you know do I, did I ever want to be present in front of him and be face to face with him ever again? Uh, hell no. Mm -hmm. um, but I also had to let go of, um, you know, yeah. this. Yeah. Um, you put it into perspective. Yeah, I did put it into perspective. And that's hard to do, especially when yeah. someone traumatized you the way that they do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so hard. That yeah. takes a lot of strength, a lot yeah. of resilience. And I, you know, I wrote letters of forgiveness, which I think we talked about last podcast. Hi, Sam Sam. Um, wrote letters of forgiveness to all of my transgressors. Mm -hmm. um, and just, and it wasn't necessarily to free, it's not to free them, 
to free myself. Yes. Um, and again, not justifying their behavior. And a lot of these letters, you know, were like, I don't understand why you did what you did to me. However, but in order to free myself, I'm going to forgive you. Well, in your last podcast, you talked about expectations. And a lack of forgiveness is an expectation. You're mm -hmm. expecting them to do something different to make you better. I love that you tied in our last podcast. I listened. That's incredible. I know. She's I a listener it. too. Isn't that but awesome? In all, in all reality, that's exactly yes. what unforgiveness is. I'm expecting something yes. different from you to make me whole. Right. And that will never happen. It will never happen. It you can't undo. And it doesn't matter if he begs at your feet. It doesn't change it. And so then when you say, I forgive you, that expectation is lost. And you are free then to process what forgiveness means to you, what it looks like in your life. Yes. Because I tell parents, when you have a traumatized child, forgiving that person is necessary for you not to hold shame over your head. Because like you talked yes. about, that I'll kill him if I ever see him doesn't help kids. Right. But does that mean that I want you to open the door and let him into your house right. and forgive him by sitting and sharing a meal? Absolutely not. Right. Because your child would then be re-traumatized. Exactly. So again, it's that lack of expectation all of a sudden. It's letting that go and saying, he can do whatever he wants, but for me, this is what I'm going to do. Yes. This is how I'm going to heal. And it's so liberating. Yes. It's, it's so 100% is. Yes. yes. 100% yes. is. It, it, it's actually a very beautiful thing. Yes. When you can, it is. You can Absolutely. Reach that point. It truly and it's, is. And it's okay if you can't reach it just yet because it takes a lot of insight, awareness, right. resilience, therapy, dedication to change and wanting to change to kind of get to that point. It right. just doesn't happen naturally. Oh, we're past our time. She Look at you yeah. being oh, the, the Nazi over here. Okay, so really quickly, I'm going to take our skills and forgive Jen because she constantly <laughs> says, bless your heart and bless it. And for the longest time, I was like, that is so cute. That's, oh, you're, you're blessing me. That's awesome. No, no, it means you're stupid. Um, First of all, I'm not, there's... I'm not done yet. <laughs> Well, I want you to hear the story about my dad, and then you can talk. Okay, okay, okay. So I told my dad, he was like, you, he asked me what bless your heart means. And I was like, don't worry about it. And so he's like, so what's, what are the dimensions of your apartment? And he was like, um, he was like, I was like, I don't know. What, what, is the, what does the apostrophe mean? And he was like, bless your heart. And I was like, <laughs> you don't even know what it means. So he was like, it's okay. <laughs> he and then, well, no, and, I, and he's like, what does it mean? I was like, it means you're stupid. And so then he was like, so what are your dimensions? And I was like, it's. Four, it's like seven, I, these are wrong numbers, but it's like seven apostrophe 14, like se double apostrophe. I was like, I don't know what those mean. And he was like, bless your freaking heart. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Now he says it all the time. All the time. Every time. Every time I do something wrong, it's bless your heart. Oh, bless so, your heart. Yes. So well, go ahead and justify it. <laughs> I'm not justifying. I'm helping you understand. We're reframing. So that you can. So when I moved to Kentucky... I was just this, you know, Ohio, Cincinnati, Northerner, and, and I'm doing some crazy things that you don't do in Kentucky, and I would continuously get, bless your heart. Um, and for the longest time, I thought, this is the greatest place on earth. These people are so sweet. They love me. They've accepted me. And then I heard a stand-up comedian, and her exact words were, bless your heart means you're so stupid. Oh. And so, I then realized all these people that I thought were being really nice to me were not. So, there's actually two different types of bless your heart. There's bless your heart, I really mean it. Like, oh my gosh. Like, if yes. you get in a car wreck and you call me and I'm like, oh my gosh, bless your heart, are you okay? That's genuine. Yeah. Typically, when it becomes your bless its heart, 
that's when it's a true, just complete You've said that to me before. Yes, I have. And I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you forgive me. I've never, I was never angry. I thought it was funny. Because I also have a friend who calls me Cletus. And I found out that means you're also stupid. So. <laughs> so. Well, you're far from stupid. But you I'm are very, fun to pick on. I'm very, very smart. And I give great reactions, apparently. So yes, like, that's really what it's about. So we're just here waiting on Terry. Check your at the mentions where I where I tag you in it. Go back into your freaking oh little. Can I tell my story while you retag yeah. me in can it? I, can, can I just? Hold hold with your... Oh, there it is. I found it. Are you gonna tell a story? <laughs> yeah, real quick. Okay. <laughs> it was back to, but I don't want to end on that note. But actually, it was actually a pretty cool note. So, are you sure? Do you and can you do it in like two minutes? <laughs> yeah. Can you? No, I'm not going to. <laughs> We'll save it for next time. <laughs> That's it's like right. it's like that soap opera, like dun dun dun. Next time. Is there a song we can sing towards the end now that I can butcher too? Because I want to sing another song. What I didn't get saying? to swear. I didn't get to sing. They stayed on freaking topic. I'm grouchy. <laughs> you are. You have been cranky. I don't think. I bet we won't see nearly as many lines. You won't. What what her. song do you want to sing? I don't know what song can we sing. I don't know. I feel like Can You Feel the Love Tonight is needed because I don't know. Um, mama, mama, mama. That's a different one. Is that a different one? Yes. Is that a different one? No, it's not. Yes, it's The Lion King. Can You that's Feel the Love Tonight? No, what you were saying you were was... Singing. I'm not singing yeah, on the radio because that's oh. terrible and I'll make break Can you feel <laughs> there you go. the love tonight? Yes, that's but I did not I feel it. <laughs> with yourself. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> oh. You made oh, me turn this off. Jesus, Terry! Oh, okay. Alright, we're going to take two Sing here. again. Can you feel tonight? Be well. Be well! Oh, and be gentle with yourself. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you, Jen, for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you, Jen, for joining us. That's great. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? I don't know why when I hit pause it keeps replaying. It's still recording. Oh. <laughs> oh Wait, what, what's happening? Take three. Have a good night. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> be well. <laughs> and be gentle. <laughs> this is a disaster. Why is that the third part? <laughs>